Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, welcome back to Across the Romaverse, episode 149. Steve and Jimmy here, back from the week off of the international break. And we are here to talk another Roma victory. So Jim, wasn't the prettiest win, and certainly probably had you as nervous as I was as we got into like the 80th, close to 90th minute, but three more points for Roma. Yeah, three more points for Roma. And considering that this one started pretty early on uh, Sunday... Uh, I was I was pretty full up on espresso watching this, and I think that if we hadn't been able to pull off the win, I would have been nervily upset. Uh, but a win is a win, and at this point now looking at the table, uh, Roma's only three points off of fourth, which if if you had told me that that was going to be the case at the beginning of the season, um, I probably wouldn't have been too upset with that. I don't know about you, Steve. Uh, nine matches in being three points off of fourth. On yeah, the, I mean, like, obviously, the way that we got there was infuriating. Um, but at the same time, I think what we're seeing so far from Serie A this season is that apart from maybe one or two clubs, it's really tight. Uh, and it's really anybody's guess who's going to be able to get top four. And I see Roma as, you know, one of probably eight sides who can reasonably get top four this season. Yeah, I mean, it certainly... If you had said this three weeks ago, if we have taken three points off a of fourth when we were down, like, I don't know, we were like 12th or 15th in the table or something, I would have said, sign me up in a heartbeat. So certainly not a bad thing to to get within three. I know Fiorentina blew a big opportunity to, uh, you know, hold on to sole possession of fourth and when they lost to Empoli, who had mm-hmm. previously been, uh, you know, with just a goal scored, got two in the Tuscan Derby today. That helped Roma's cause a little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, just two points behind Atalanta, three behind Napoli and Fiorentina. Uh, the big three from up north are looking like the big three right now. It's kind of like those old Serie A tables in a sense with Inter, uh, Milan, and Juve, one, two, and three, and looking pretty solid at that. Um, 
do you hey, but if the historical table is any indicator that means roman's gonna end the season fourth well yeah that that's where i was going right i mean i think yeah. fourth is up for grabs i, I think this napoli is has shown some vulnerability and uh, we'll see if you know there were some conte rumors over the international break but that those look to have died down it looks like it's garcia's team still for now um and they did get a win over the weekend but them fiorentina Atalanta, roma they're all kind of in the same boat i think where any week, anything could happen with those three teams, and Roma just has to now pile up as many points as they can in these in matches like this one against Monza and and previous matches against like Cagliari and Frosinone. And those kind of matches, Roma has to kind of pile up the points at this point. Now, we'll get into next week soon. It's going to be a little more difficult to do that next week, but it's good to see Roma back in the win column after an international break, taking all three points and, and setting themselves up, hopefully... Uh, to to continue this momentum now, as it's it, in all competitions, it's four in a row after that very yeah. disappointing defeat to Genoa. Not not even disappointing, I should really say, embarrassing defeat to Genoa. Right, that midweek match they had, I don't know, three four weeks ago. Now it's hard to keep track of all these these days off and all these midweeks. Exactly how long ago it was, but it was four match days ago. And uh, Roma seems to have turned the table from that, and and that's important. Maybe that was the galvanizing force, but behind Roma kind of turning it around because after that they they played well against Frosinone, got a win, uh, hammered Servet, ham, hammered Cagliari, and then a, a tough Monza side. I mean, Monza is kind of that mid table. They remind me a little bit of Sassuolo when Sassuolo first came up, where they hang around, uh, they're tough to beat. Maybe a, a little different style of play than the Sassuolos we we've seen recently, but. Only eight goals conceded in nine matches after yesterday. A solid defensive side, and they really made Roma work for it when Roma was up a man for about half the match. Yeah, I mean, I would have thought that Roma could take care of business a little bit quicker once uh, Danilo D'Ambrosio got taken off in the 41st minute. The win's still the win. I'm not going to really complain too much. Uh, and as you said, you know, they they seem like a your classic tough mid-table side that can, you know, draw blood against the big boys when necessary. But, I mean, just look, look, looking at the stats, Roma had a lot more shots, but the same number of shots on target as Monza. So Roma had 10 more shots, but only four shots on target uh, total over the course of the season of, of match. Uh, similarly, it was close to 50-50 possession. Um, pass accuracy was generally the same. Fouls, red car- yellow cards were all the same. Um, the real difference maker, I think, was just the combination of D'Ambrosio being sent off and time. You know, I think that it's hard for any side to successfully hold on to a draw when they lose a player before the end of the first half. And I'm really happy that it was Stefan El Shirawi for scoring that goal because based off of kind of the news in the past week or so, he really needed it. Uh, and I think that that'll feel very vindicating for him moving forward. But even beyond that, something that we've talked about kind of endlessly with this side during the Mourinho era is that the need to build out an offensive stable of players who can, you know, slot in during a match that needs rotation and score. And we've got Lukaku, we've got Dybala, we've got, I mean, and I think now this season we can probably put Andrea Belotti, and Stefan El Sharabi also in that group of forwards who can consistently score if they're played, uh, which is night and day to what Roma had last season. We don't have to go too much into depth over that. But, I mean, Tammy Abraham was a shell of himself last season, and nobody else was any better. Uh, so the fact that now there are multiple attacking options who can you know, be brought in or some can even be rotated in 
uh, to provide a rest to the clear stars of the side, that's really encouraging going forward. And I mean, it makes me more confident that heading into this uh, Prague match, uh, Praha, do we call it Slavia Praha or do we just call it Prague? I I still say Prague. That's just what I'm used to saying. So, (laughs) okay. I I mean, Uh, we could call them either one, I guess. I know now, now it's Slavia Praha. Um, yeah, but anyway, point it, being, Prague. Yeah, when they go, when they when they host them at the Sagi Olimpico, the hope should be that you can put in a player like Andrea Belotti or Stefano Sharawi and still win that match handily because the goal scoring is still flowing for Roma's non-star forwards. Yeah, and and I think that's important. We saw yesterday that Lukaku was kept off the score. She had four shots, none on target. Um, Belotti had a, a shot on target. Uh, I, I know Di Gregorio made a couple of good saves. I think the first one was on Awar in the first half. Um, he also made that one like reflex kick save, almost like hockey goalie style. Um, he he kept Roma out of the, out of the goal a couple times. Um, I, and Mancini had one on goal. I can't remember if it was Belotti or, or Mancini that had the one that he saved down low, and then I think there was one up high on a header too. And and he, you know when that happened, and then. There was the shot that as Moon curled and it just hit the post. I mean, one of Lukaku's also hit the post now that I, I come to think of it. So, like, Roma had, like, a couple good saves from the, the Monza keeper, Di Gregorio. And then they had those two posts as the second half wore on. And you're like, oh, my goodness, where's this goal coming from? And it's Mr. Clutch himself. It's Stefano Sharari. And you you noted it there. Like, you need these secondary scoring options to come through. And they've been doing that for Roma this year. Yeah. Uh, Bellotti's been doing it. Uh, as Moon put himself in some dangerous spots yesterday, I did read after the match that he could be out with a muscle injury for some time, which could be a problem, um, just to hurt the depth a bit. But the secondary options are coming through. I mean, Awar came very close yesterday to, to scoring that goal that I mentioned. So that that scoring depth is going to be important. Um, we have to see what the status of Endika is now, too, if we go from the front to the back, because he came off early and then... Uh, Lorente had to come in, um, so we thought we were going to have three healthy center backs. Maybe we don't. I know Smolin did return to training at the end of last week, so maybe he's ready for at least the intermatch. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's you get one back and you lose another one, and it's that kind of situation for Romo, too. So, I mean, the depth that Pinto has brought in has been important because we've seen it paying, you know, it's dividends to some extent because Roma has been deep enough to weather these injuries for the most part in the last couple of weeks. I know one thing that stood out for a match that Roma was up by a man for about 45 minutes was the not lack of possession because they did control 58% of possession in the second half, but compared to what you would expect a team to do up a man, the Roma did not have as much, maybe as much possession in the second half as you would have thought, the second half possession. Um, but Mourinho noted in his post-match comments that not having Dybala and um Pellegrini they're missing that link between the front two and the midfield and you know he said in the absence of Dybala and Pellegrini we're missing a player to link midfield and attack I tried Awar in this role but his skill set is different to the aforementioned we've played with two up top in the past have done and and done well though however these two guys aren't creative types and neither drops deep to link play when we're missing a number 10 like Lorenzo or second striker like Paolo we struggle to thread things together um, so it, it's interesting to see his perspective. And he said, Monza drop deep and have experienced defenders. Pablo Mati is a rock at the back. They were very solid. They perform well. They're low block and cause us issues when some of their pacier players came off the bench. Uh, Monza's coach Palladino made a good choice in bringing on Denny Moda and uh, Samuele Vignato. I have to say that kid looked like a little bit of a bowler yesterday. 
Yeah. Um, the latter of which gave us a real headache. While they threw on daring, pacey, and creative players, we tried to go for victory, in turn losing our solidity. It was a very tough match after seeing Asmoon's effort hit the post, even more so than Lukaku's. I said to myself, if that doesn't go in, then it's just not our day. However, El Shorai felt like he had a goal in him and he managed to bag one to the death. And, and I think Mourinho very, summed it up very well. I mean, managers don't always give you such a, like a concise summary of the match. And I, I think he did a really good job there. I think Rumble was lacking that link-up play um, without Dybala and Pellegrini, which worries me a little bit looking forward to these two big matches coming up this week. Um, and... Those players, and you mentioned the four shots on target each, Monza's came in some dangerous positions in the counterattack. Um, they came really close to scoring a few times. Uh, Patricio had to be alert, made a couple saves. Um, mm-hmm. He looked Nyato, solid, by the way. What was that? He looked solid. I feel like we have yeah, to say yeah, that because he had of how often match. we say that he looked like crap. We need to yeah. say, this time we need to say, hey, yeah. he looked pretty good against a side that probably could have punished Roma if we had let them. Yeah, that, that was a match where he did look solid. And uh, I know Colpani came close to the curler uh, early in the half. So he had to be on his toes, and he, he stood up to the task. I think that was very important um, because if he lets one of those in, uh, I think it's a backbreaker for him. I don't think they find two in this match because Monza was very solid. And and Mourinho mentioned that. And it, it's something that's going to be a little concerning in a match maybe against a team with a little more well, 11 men on the pitch, first of all, and then maybe some creativity or a little more talent. Not that, you know, not to to downgrade Monza, because like I said, I think they're a solid mid-table side. They're not like relegation fodder. Um, Like the previous victories against um, Caliedi and, and, you know, Servette, which is a a smaller uh, league club. Um, But, you know, these things could come back to to bite Roma at another time. Another another thing I saw that was interesting today, and I sent it to you and Bren in, in our group text that we have, is that... Belotti has now drawn three red cards this season. I didn't even realize it's been him drawing the red cards over and over. He got the yeah. one on D'Ambrosio yesterday. He drew the one against Tamori, the second yellow against Milan. And then uh, Hein from Verona, he also drew a straight red. So he just has a way about him. And he doesn't seem like someone who's like gets in your head with like trash talk. I think it's just his physical play gets in, in these defenders' heads and it kind of riles them up a bit. And and he's been the master of getting other players in trouble. I mean, I mean that is... Um, it's a skill it's a skill yeah honest. i mean like it's a skill that i maybe not my favorite part of the game but it is a part of the game that's important nevertheless and i would just say in general uh we've mentioned him before throughout the season because he's been impressive but Belotti's just looked good period um he's looked like what we expected him to be when he came in last season as like he's functioning in a way that i was hoping he would to tandy abraham for Romelu lukaku in the sense that we can now play two striker formations. And beyond that, we can also, you know, if a player needs to be rested, have an option up front that doesn't make me think we're not going to score any goals for 90 minutes straight, uh, which is really encouraging. And that's what you need to be able to succeed in multiple competitions. So moving forward, I'm pretty happy with that. And it seems like, you know, knock on wood, all form is temporary. But as I said before, offensively, Rome was looking strong. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, too, you mentioned it, the skill to, to draw those cards. I have to say, when Belotti gets fouled by these guys, he's not, you know, maybe he, like, gives an extra scream or something, but he gets he gets hit pretty well. Like, he's not one of these guys who gets nicked on the he's back of the flopper. calf and he, yeah. and he flops. Yeah, he's he, he took some pretty He's not doing the challenges. Jude Bellingham. He's not doing the Jude Bellingham on Brian Cristante uh, yeah. flop. Did you yeah. see that over the break? Yeah, that was, that was nuts. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, none of that from him. That's for sure. He he definitely takes hits when he gets them. So um, definitely, I, I don't think anybody particularly stood out in this match from an individual perspective. I wouldn't say anybody was like head and shoulders above their peers for him. I think it was just a solid team win. Um, and and uh, even Mourinho said kind of a not deserved loss for Monza because they, they really deserved a point. Not that we want to give them a point because we need all three points for Roma. Um, it was just one of those matches where they just grinded it out, found a way. But I think the big story here for me, especially because he was able to find the winner is El Shirari. His his name was dragged through the mud over break along with Zalewski in that yeah. um, betting scandal where it looks like Tonali and Zaniolo and, and of course Fajoli are guilty in some way. No, None of the other names have been proven or brought um, forth by the authorities um, to be investigated. They're just names that Fabrizio Corona has dropped. Um <laughs> If you ask me from what I've read about him and the comments he's made, also referring to um, maybe next season to call out some gay footballers and, and this and that, he's an attention whore, excuse my French, um, is what it seems like to me. And now he is uh, being countersued by some of these guys, including El Shirari and Nico Casale from Lazio. And I think yesterday, because El Shirari right away came out and said he was innocent, his manager, um, you know, Zalewski, same deal. Roma stood behind both players. We saw over break. Um, their word was good enough for Roma. And um, Mourinho was asked if he had any conversation with El Shirai, and he said, yes, but only a brief one. I have a very real relationship with my players. Even when being critical, I'm direct, and they know that with me, an ugly truth is better than a pretty lie. When Stefan and the kid, Nikola Zalewski, and they put in parentheses, you just called him the kid, told me not to worry because there was zero truth to the rumors, my mind was put at ease. And and I think yesterday was a vindication for El Shirai. And you saw the tears, and that, that to me was genuine, you know, El Shirari is a player who's been on Roma for a while, took that sojourn in China and came back. And he's been one of my favorite players in the squad for close to the, close to a decade now. I guess he's got to be around um, when you put together both stints. And, you know, I, I really felt, you know, good, it felt good to see him score that goal because he's been such a good servant to the club. And, you know, after being put through that in the press, I, I think it probably meant just so much to him. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I'm surprised you to hear you use kind of the the naughty language. <laughs> I try uh, to keep it PG here. I don't know who's listening, but like I, I didn't know how to describe it. But I feel like of the two of us, I'm more inclined towards using <laughs> swears every now and then. I'm just gonna come out right up and say it. This guy Corona seems like an absolute jackass. Yeah. Um, he's. I mean, like he's been to jail and is a convicted felon on paparazzi-related extortion deals um in the past so the fact that this is the guy who's supposedly you know the next big journalist coming out of italy kind of tells you everything yeah um i think that what probably happened with that whole scandal is that there are some players who have gambling problems that doesn't really surprise me Mm -hmm. given gambling's increased public acceptance uh but still the same exact rules for footballers i mean Footballers have been banned from gambling pretty much as long as I can remember. But the fact that, you know, it's like all these leagues, all these clubs are now sponsored by gambling. Like, it's not surprising to me, in other words, that there are players who have this problem. Um, I think that there was kind of a gross element that reminds me very much of, surprise, surprise, the paparazzi uh, worldview uh, that got introduced to oh who's who's been gambling who's gonna get uh, kicked out of the league things like that um 
And naturally, with a guy like this, of course, he was just going to name names to get extra attention. Um, so I'm both not surprised that the prosecutor's office has no evidence of several of these players, not just Zalewski and El Shirawi, um, not having gambled. But also beyond that, I'm very happy that El Shirawi was able to score because, yeah, you could just see the look based off mm -hmm. of his face how much it meant to him. And... I think it meant a lot to Zalewski too. Uh, you, I, I don't know if you saw this part, but Zalewski was the first guy that he hugged after he scored, after he scored that goal. Um, it was clearly an emotional moment for the both of them. And because think about it, like if you're accused of that and it's not true, that could be the end of your career, especially if you're at El Shirawi's age, that's close to the end of your career. Yeah. Um, and for Zalewski, it would be completely derailing his career at a moment where, sure, he's got a lot of hype and he like appears with the Polish national team a bunch. But based off of his career tra trajectory, like he would have lost the bulk of his salary for the like the bulk mm -hmm. of his earning potential off of this, most likely. So the fact that he got named with apparently no evidence is it, it would have been life-ending for them, effectively, in terms of their football lives. And yeah, exactly. I was, I was going to say that. That's like career-ending, especially at El Shirari's age. He's now over 30. Yeah. So for them to both both have the prosecutors say, we're not investigating them at all, um, and then for El Shirawi to also get support from the club, and then for him to score that goal at the last possible moment, I wouldn't go as far to say that's what football is all about because like if in my mind I'd rather that football not be about any of the outside bullshit that has kind of been dragging down innocent players recently but his ability to kind of exercise those demons on the pitch is something special and he's always been one of my favorite people um even if I've he's gone through you know peaks and valleys of form over the years uh, and obviously left Roma to go to China only to come back again. Um, but he's had a long, long-term history with Roma now, basically only on the same level as his relationship with Milan. Cause he started there when he was a kid. Um, so I, I think he's a great, he seems like a great guy and I'm happy for him. Yeah, for sure. And, and his words after the match, uh, he said, I've been accused of being involved in the betting scandal by the press. It hurts. It was completely fake. I love this sport. I respect football. I'd never do something like that. I feel clean. And and I, I also saw an, an iteration of the quote where it was something like, look like look at these emotions, like celebrating under the curva. Like, how could you give that up for, for betting, basically? And and it, it, it just feels good that he was able to score the goal. It was almost like storybook that he would score the goal in a week where he was probably brought to one of his lowest points of his career outside of like the many injuries he's had to deal with. But in terms of like his reputation as a, not only as a player, but as a person, um, I think it was, it was just so kind of poetic justice for him. Um, and then also you mentioned he, he hugs the So it's certainly the connection there, but did you happen to see Gianluca Mancini after that goal went in? I love that man. He's a, he's insane. He, uh, he's a, he is. He, he's, look, I love how insane he is. Yeah. And I saw some tweet. It was something to the effect of like, I never thought I'd say that after Totti and Donosi retired, like the most Romanista personality of Romanisti is, is a guy that they bought from Atalanta, uh, Mancini, who has this kind of 
reputation of being a, a bit of an asshole, right? Uh, uh, by opponents and everything. But man, he just, you could just see the emotion and, and what it means yeah. to him. He was wearing the armband yesterday. He is the vice captain now. He's a player I love, um, mainly because he's a hard asset. And he kind of has that, a little bit of that, that, that Rossi persona to him. Not not as skilled, not not nowhere near putting him on the level of, of De Rossi, who's my favorite player ever. Um, but just has that tough persona. It means so much to him. I, I, I think his reaction kind of is how we were all feeling when that goal went in. Because, look, you and I on the East Coast of the U.S., we woke up at 6.30 in the morning. My wife <laughs> thinks I'm insane, right? My alarm went yeah. off at like 6.25 yeah, to, say, my to make my way to the living room. to care about a 6.30 yeah. a.m. soccer game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if you ask her, Roma thing, so why would I want to wake up at 6.30 to watch him? So at least I got to say they won and I didn't wake up at 6.30 and lose a couple hours of sleep for... Uh, for a draw or a loss, because that's happened before in the past in some of those 6.30 matches. But um, he kind of his reaction was kind of what we were all feeling. So it was certainly vindicating. So, Jim, anything else on this match before we uh, we, we leave it to head to what's coming up in the midweek and on the weekend? I mean, I said this going into this run of matches. Um, as much as it's vindicating for El Sharawi, and I'm happy for him, too, that we won this match in this particular way, I... These are all must wins. Um, these are all must win matches. Uh, yeah. If we want, and we'll talk about the intermatch after the break, but like beating Monza, beating Cagliari, beating Servette, beating Frosinone, those all have to happen for Roma to have a prayer of getting Champions League football next season. Outside of, you know, getting to the Europa League final and winning it this time, which isn't that far out of the po- window of possibility. I mean, we know that. Mourinho is a cup coach effect in some, in some ways. So like, it wouldn't be shocking after two years of getting to cup finals in Europe for us to get to a third, but still um, I, I always prefer to have multiple avenues towards getting that champions league qualification. So these are matches that we simply have to win with the assumption that we won't win every single match against the big, big boys like Inter and Lazio or actually Lazio is below us in the table. So maybe Inter Milan and Juventus. Yeah, no question. So we'll we'll leave it there for a quick ad break, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, Not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Jim. So we alluded to it earlier. A couple big, big head-to-heads for Roma this week. First in the Europa League and then in Serie A. Um, the Europa League is shaping up. I mean, we expected Roma to be favored in their their group, right? That was always going to be assumed. But Slavia Praha or Slavia Prague, whichever way we want to refer to them, have been just as good, if not better, in the group. And, and that's why this match is shaping up to be such a big one, right? They have uh, been perfect so far with uh, eight goals scored and none conceded in their two matches against uh, Servette and Sheriff, where Roma is, uh, you know, six scored, one allowed, the 4-1 win, uh, rather 4 nothing win against Servette at the Olympico last time, and then the 2-1 win against Sheriff, Sheriff um, away in Moldova the first time around. Set this up to be a big head-to-head, the Olympic goal. And really, this, if there's one of the two that is a must-win, I think it's got to be this one because this is at the Olympico. I mean, there's always a, a pretty good chance you're probably going to drop points somewhere in a, a group with, uh, you know, six matches to play. We've seen Roma uh, have trouble in some of these group stage matches before. You know, they finished second in the group to Batiste last year. Um, they had their trouble. Try to forget that. Yeah, they had their troubles. <laughs> in the conference league the year before, even in route to winning that tournament. So going to Prague next turnaround in a few weeks is probably the, the tougher, the two based on, you know, just the, the geographic issues along with the travel and everything midweek. So I think this has to be the win for Roma. I don't know much about Slavia Praha. I'm going to, going to be honest. It's a name I've heard in, you know, in the champions league and in the past and Europa league when Roma's played there. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it's Sparta and, and Slavia, and I don't know much else, and, and Victoria Pilsen, which we've played before. Other than that, I don't know much about the Czech League, uh, to be honest. Um, looking at the table now, they are second of uh, 16 teams uh, on 30 points, two points behind Sparta-Praha. So, I mean, they, they seem like their domestic record's pretty good. Uh, it looks like they have the best defense in the league with seven conceded in 12 matches. It kind of jives with what they're doing in, in Europa League, but... I mean, this has to be a win, Jim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this has to be a win. I feel like there's not too much to say other than that. Uh, they won't, There's just no way that Roma can... Roma should be walking out of this group stage undefeated. I think that that's a pretty fair statement, given how the gods basically smiled down on them to have them play Servette Prague and Sheriff. Like these are not, this is not a group of death. Roma no. should be getting out of this comfortably no. and also getting out in a way that means that they don't have to face a massive club in the first stage of the knockout rounds. That's also important. And I'm confident that, that they can make that happen. So far they've done the job. They've won both matches. They're they're in line to be able to get out of the group stage with ease. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the key is, as I mentioned before, being able to rotate in players and still win that's what they need to be able to do to find success in the europa league while you know still caring about that sunday match against inter because the problem is if you just shuffle in enough you know a bunch of young kids or something like that against Prague, the whole thing can implode really easily so you got to just be able to rotate thoughtfully 
Um, I'm personally thinking, you know, something along the lines of a Svilar sub in because he hasn't looked terrible um, when he's played. Um, beyond that, I'm thinking also, you know, maybe Rasmus Christensen uh, gets some time, players like that. Uh, looking at, you know, we're starting 11 from the match against Monza yesterday. We weren't playing our ultimate best side, but we were playing something relatively close to it. Granted, Ndika's going to be out for at least a little while, it sounds like, um, as will Asmoon. But hopefully, Dib- I know they say Dybala will be coming back most likely for the intermatch or the derby. Uh, same with Pellegrini. So I don't necessarily know who's going to be coming in. Like, we probably will, maybe we'll see Bove get the start again. Awar, I have to imagine, starts again. Um, what do you see us doing uh, lineup-wise to be able to avoid getting too tired before heading into intermatch? Yeah, that, that I think is the biggest issue in this one, right? This is a match where you're probably, even if you have pretty many subs available, that you're going to play a fairly strong starting 11 because this is the home match, like I said, with the team that's tied for you with you in first place of the group. Um, ideally, I think Roma wins these two matches home and away to, to Prague, and then you can you can go heavy rotation against Servette and Sheriff on, on, on the return legs, those two in, in the round robin. Um, but in terms of this one, knowing that Indica is possibly most likely out, and, and as Moon, if, if he was a candidate, I don't know. But I think in this one, you're maybe looking at... I definitely think Bove slides in, like you said. I think maybe this is a, a match for Selic. We've seen him play in these matches. Um, maybe it's Vilar. We've seen him play in these matches. He's been riding Spinazzola a lot so far. I think this might be a match for Zalewski. Um, and then you have Spinazzola as an option off the bench. I just don't want to see him get worn out because he was having his way in the first half of that match against Monza. He was he was really pushing that left flank, and that's what we need to see from Spinazzola, um, yeah. especially when we're playing with these these two wingbacks. Um, so I'm thinking maybe you see some of those guys work their way in, but there's not a whole lot of options because of the injuries. I think if, if we're looking at the same injury situation, it's Cristantes again in the back. Yeah, with Mancini and Lorente, um, because even if even if Smalling is able to come back, I think you're saving him for a bench appearance, maybe to get his legs, and then you hopefully yeah. can have him for more against Inter. Um, but I don't think there's a whole lot of rotation. Maybe an El Shirari gets a start in this match, and you rest Belotti, um, because I I don't see him resting Lukaku in this one. I, I really don't. I don't think he is going to want to rest Lukaku here or against Inter. Um, could be wrong, but he's been in such good form that I think you just kind of ride that hot striker as much as you can. And then I'm pretty sure I'm going to double check now, but I think next week Roma does have the midweek off, which would allow them, you know, the flexibility to to rest players. Yeah, it doesn't look like they play next week, midweek. So I'm thinking since they're coming off the inter- international break, and of course Lukaku did play for Belgium, I think you do see Mourinho ride some of these guys back to back to back and then hopefully rest them. Um, in that midweek week leading up to the Lecce match. And then, you know, we'll see how many players are able to re- recover by then because that's going to be big. Um, but yeah, I think before we move to Inter, just to, I mean, we summed it up pretty much. It, it, Roma's got to win this match. Got to keep the momentum in Europa League. Keep the pressure off where you're going to maybe face a Champions League drop-down squad if you if you finish second. I think Roma wants to avoid that like they had to do last year. Um, with Salzburg, it just adds two extra matches to your already busy calendar. And I, I think that's the, the key to this whole thing. 
Um, because advancing should not be an issue from what we've seen so far. It's winning the group is the important thing. And, um, you know, doing it in a way that, knock on wood, everybody stays healthy because Inter looms on Sunday. And Inter is going to be big at the San Siro. Um, yeah, that's, it, this it, is the it, match it's that a real big measure. circling on their calendar, both Inter and Roma, uh, for the obvious reason that, you know, it turns out that Roma's star striker up until recently uh, yes. was uh, was an Inter player. And they're kind of they're kind of salty about that, unsurprisingly. Um, so DeMarco yeah, made yeah. some comments I saw, right? Uh, he was very yeah. close to him and he kind of like how much it stung. And I think there is definitely going to be some bad blood for Lukaku. They're they're preparing the whistles for him. Yeah, I just hope I mean, I hope it doesn't get nasty because unfortunately, you know, this is Serie A and there is a certain level of uh, nastiness that we've been trying to stamp out as a as a league but it's not necessarily gone just yet in terms of racism against Af- african players um and that you know that does happen quite a lot to players like Lukaku in Serie A um but beyond i'm hoping that you know the whistling i'm sure he can manage just fine uh i will say i'm hoping for a draw against inter i feel like that's a fair hope i think that Especially if Rui Patricio looks half decent, uh, that a draw could happen. Uh, but let's just be real here. I mean, Inter's been practically unstoppable to start the season. They've won seven, drawn one, and lost one. And, you know, five goals allowed over the courses of, course of nine matches played. That's, that's pretty impressive. Um, and yeah, Steve, I, are you hoping for a draw here? Do you, or do you think that, I mean, like to be fair, Inter Bologna was a two, two draw, mm-hmm. um, you know, Sassuolo beat Inter. Uh, so it's not like it's out of the question, but it's not like they're only losing to giants, but still this is not out of the matches that Roma has over the course of the next month. This is the one that I'm probably the least optimistic about just looking at the calendar right now. Yeah, this would be the one I am least optimistic about just because Inter is that good and it's at San Siro. But that being said, last year, Roma did go to the San Siro against a, pre- a pretty good Inter side. Uh, a, an Inter side that ended up getting hot and going all the way to the Champions League final. And and they won that match uh, at Inter last year, 2-1 in, in the first head-to-head. They lost this to actually the return you know trip at the Olympico, but... It was Dybala and Smalling who came up big for Roma after DeMarco had given um, into the lead in the first half. So I think, and I'm, I, maybe I should say more, I hope that Roma has that in the back of their minds. Like, you know, we went to Milan last year. We beat Inter. You know, AC Milan's been our, our an issue for Roma the past few years. But Inter, they've found a way here and there to get, get the best of them. And then last year was one of those matches. And... um Unfortunately, Mourinho won't be on the sidelines or in the locker room because he was given yet another red card yesterday. Um, I know he's, you know, people say Mourinho never changed, um, kind of because, you know, he gives us these great little video clips and memes with his, you know, <laughs> the trash talk he was doing. I think in Paladino's direction yesterday, um, I thought it was a bit un. Uh, I don't know, not well thought out on his part, knowing that the trip to Inter was next. You know, I think having yeah. him on, on the sidelines in the locker room means so much in a match like that, in that kind of atmosphere, a place where he's been. Um, yeah. He was asked why he was sent off. He says, I don't know exactly. I made a gesture towards the Monza bench. 
that might be why I was dismissed, but I didn't say anything offensive. I did it for a simple reason. Last season, we played great against Mullins, but after the match, some decent but naive people had bad words to say about us. Today, the only people to make a song and dance to things and put pressure on the referee were those in the away dugout. I'm not criticizing them for this. I'm just saying that you should avoid such slander after matches. All I can say is that Moans are a good team. They have a good coach and that they didn't deserve to lose. I can't be more honest than that. So uh, even even his quote is a bit entertaining about the whole situation. But, uh, you know, it just hurts that it's for the Inter match that he's missing and not, say, like the Lecce match or something. No no, yeah. no disrespect to Lecce, but um, yeah. would like to have Mourinho there tactically. I would agree. Um Though, I mean, at this point, I do always wonder how much the manager isn't actually calling the shots, even when yeah. they're suspended. I'm like, sure. I remember back in the Rudy Garcia era, he once got in trouble for having a having like a walkie-talkie in the stands. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'm sure they've gotten more sophisticated than that in the interim. <laughs> so my, my guess is, you know, someone's got an Apple Watch. Yeah. God knows what. And is going to basically have him tell them what to do regardless so I'm not super worried given that uh, at the same time, you know, in terms of being a emotional presence on the sideline, you know, for better and for worse, I think that is a lot of what Mourinho provides. He's a man motivator in a way that, you know, I think compared to other managers of his caliber, he almost stands alone uh, because there's a reason why so many of the players that have played for him before um, and even the players who are playing for him now have so many good things to say about him. It's mm-hmm. because he develops those relationships. So that's really what I think is going to be lost. I don't think there'll be any tactical loss that happens for Roma. But at the same time, I'm sure that he can get the emotional gist of things going at the training on the training ground just, just as much. Um, so the suspension doesn't worry too, me too much. I think I'm more aligned with just being worried because Inter is Inter, and they've looked fantastic this season. Um, yeah, that's about it to me. Uh, that that they're just a great side. And arguably, even if they don't end up winning the Scudetto, uh, to me, they are the most concern, like most challenging side Roma will play in Italy. I see a lot more holes with Inter and with uh, Milan and Juventus um, than with yeah. Inter, at least in terms of league play. And that doesn't always mean that that side's going to win the Scudetto, but it does mean that they're very impressive. Yeah, I agree on that. I've been saying it since the preseason that to me, Inter is the most complete squad. I think they're the Scudetto favorites. I, you know, I think Juve has a little bit of an advantage not playing midweek matches in Champions League or Europa League or even Conference League. Um, Like pretty much the other big seven sides in the league that are competing for both top four and the Scudetto have to play. Um, But I think Inter is, is, is the best of the bunch. Um, They went all the way to the Champions League final for a reason last year. And I think they're going to be, uh, a solid side in both the Champions League and, and and to me, the favorites in Serie A again. So um, going to the San Siro, if Roma can take anything from this match, I think that's a positive. Um, you know, I think if Roma loses this match, it's, they got to at, at least keep it close. Uh, hopefully nothing to the extent of like a 3-4 nil. That could, that could hurt a lot. I remember a couple of years ago, they went to Inter with that injury crisis. And uh, I remember, I think they were playing with Ibanez as a right back because they were so short on numbers and it just turned into a whole disaster. And I, I think they got smacked like three, nothing in that match. Um, I think avoiding that is, is first and foremost, but I, I don't want Roman to play scared either. Um, yeah. I'm curious to see how the crowd affects Lukaku. If it's one of those things where it really fires him up or if it's one of those things that they get in his head, I'm curious to see that because he seems to be a guy that likes to be liked. Um, and I think he's loving Rome for that reason and all the attention that the fans are giving him. Um, 
But yeah. I'm curious to see how it works in reverse at a place like Inter, where he won a Capocaniere, he won a Scudetto. Um, is Are the fans turning on him going to affect him in a positive or negative way? I think that's one thing I'm going to keep an eye on. Um, he's probably not going to have his partner in crime, Dybala, for this one still. Pellegrini's not going to be there still. Um, we'll see if Renato Sanchez is ready. Um, at least as a spark plug off the bench, maybe. Maybe Smalling can make a return if he makes you know at least some kind of appearance on Thursday. Um there's still a lot of question marks for Roma injury-wise, I think, uh, swirling around the side. And I think that is why to me it's so hard to get a read on the team going into this match. Obviously, you have to play Praha first. Inter also plays in the midweek in the Champions League um, at home against um, RB Salzburg. I believe they're in the same group, not Leipzig. I think it's Salzburg. Um, So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, Salzburg at home. Tomorrow, actually, on Tuesday, we're recording on Monday night. So by the time most of you listen, they probably would have played that match already. But um, a lot for Roma depends, I think, on on injury statuses, too. And I, I think that's going to affect the way the team lines up and, and all that. And Mourinho was actually asked, where do you want to take this team moving forward? He says uh, he was asked, you praise Paredes. Uh, Roma are a different proposition with him in the side. What kind of Roma will we see when all of your players are available? And this is what he had to say, um, because... We're often asked in, in the listener questions, and we we question it too. Like, what what would the ideal Roma look like? And he said, basically, I want to play with Paredes and Brian Cristante. Obviously, I can't pick them for every game, despite the fact that today we seem to have lack uh, to have lacked balance and found transitions difficult, especially in the second half. Our improvements since the defeat in Genoa are down to having two solid players in the midfield to compensate for our weaknesses. These are namely the fact that we're not a pacey team, and when it comes to individual duels, transitions, and dropping back quickly, we're lacking a specialist in such a role which uh, I, I guess would kind of be his montage from last year. Uh, we were trying to strike a balance, but we lost our structure when we poured forwards uh, toward the end, toward the end of the match. Uh, had we drawn or even lost against Monza team who had been down to 10 men for much of the game, that certainly would have been a negative for us. So it sounds like he'd love to have, obviously he'd love to have Smolin back for, for numerous reasons or Indica not to be out long-term, but he wants Brian to do something in midfield and he wants him there as a starter with Paredes. Um, did not mention um, Awar, did not mention Sanchez. He That's his ideal pairing in the center midfield, kind of just to to strike that balance, he said, and, and kind of absorb pressure and, and break up those counterattacks. So just interesting to see. Um, I don't know if we'll get that on Sunday or not. A lot depends on, on Smalling and, and Indica, I guess, at this point. Yeah, I mean, I got to say, I've, I've liked more and more what I've been seeing from Indica over the past couple matches, I thought that I think that a part of the reason why Roma's been able to string together these wins is because he's looked more and more impressive. Um, I doubt that we see him um, this weekend just because yeah. Roma seems to have bad injury luck, right? Period. Forever. Mm-hmm. I was about to say this season, but you know, it's always, always <laughs> <laughs> given that uh, I am optimistic still that, you know, I've liked a lot of what I've seen from Diego Lorente over the years or over the past year and a half in change. So like, I think he's got enough in the tank that him starting in Indica's place wouldn't be the end of the world. Um, do I think he's a world beater? No, but I think that when paired with the likes of Chris Smalling and Gianluca Mancini, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I read that Nikola Zalewski will likely be getting the start against, uh, against slot on um, Prague. That makes me think that he probably won't be getting the start against uh, Inter, just given his lack of playing time over the course of the past couple weeks, but I could be wrong there. Um, And I also can definitely see the logic in kind of saving Spinazzola for the Inter match, because as much as, you know, 
he's very injury prone, first of all, and he's just also older. Um, so at this point, it makes sense to, you know, pick and choose, like call your shots with him mm-hmm. as opposed to just assuming you can run him into the ground. Uh, yeah, I think I've pretty much given my my uh, two cents on this. Uh, and I hope that Lorenzo is able to, you know, be at kind of 100 uh, percent when he returns, because that's always an open question when a player returns from injury layoff. Like, are they actually going to be able to make the same level of difference that they normally make uh, in their first match back? Yeah, exactly. Just like we saw Pellegrini came back, you know, came off the bench that that match, scored a goal, and then was out within like 15 minutes. Right? We don't want to rush anybody back either. Um, we need them healthy. Uh, so I, I guess we, we'll leave it at that, that, you know, big match on Thursday against Sparta Prague, uh, Slavia Prague, and then Inter on the weekend. We'll have the previews and probable formations on the site. I think probables are going to be big for these two matches just because there's so much mystery surrounding health of players coming back and whatnot. So Keep up with the site, and uh, hopefully we'll be back next week talking about at least, I'm not going to say two wins, but at least a couple positive results I think would, would go a long way, especially against Inter. So we're going to you know, sit there and uh, watch these matches and hopefully not have heart attacks, and then hopefully come back with a couple of positive results, and Jim and I will be back to talk about them next week, and uh, all will be good in the Romaverse. <laughs>